Welcome to the Mom Docs Podcast. We are three chiropractors on a mission to empower moms and dads to intentionally choose health for their kids and families, to provide core principles to raise their families holistically, and to help parents take an active role in their family's health. Our goal is to provide families a philosophical approach to healthcare that steps away from the conventional and supports true health. All right, so welcome back to the Mom Docs podcast. Uh, we are very excited about our topic today as it has definitely been the most requested topic from our listeners. So today we are talking about natural family planning. And the thing I love about this, like regardless of your age or what season or stage of life you're in, I really feel like this is something that it really applies to all of us. You know, whether you're not ready to start a family yet, uh, you're wanting to start a family, or you're happy with your family and you don't want any more children, um, this topic, you know, really is going to apply to you. And, you know, learning your cycle and being in tune with your body, it really helps you. Once I know for myself, once I got to that point and I understood and, and really got in tune with my body, it made natural family planning, you know, whether we were wanting to get pregnant or we were not wanting to get pregnant so, so much easier for us, our window, we had three kids in three years. So we always joke about that window of actually being okay with getting pregnant was so darn short. Uh, But again, whatever stage you're in, you're going to be able to use the techniques of natural family planning that we're going to cover today to really help you. And we're going to cover two main things. Like first we do want to spend some time on the conventional route of birth control and the route that a lot of people take. Um, And we really want to talk about the concerns that come with it that a lot of people aren't aware of. And then we also want to cover much safer ways of natural family planning, you know, to go along with that. So this is an episode that you are going to want to share with anybody that you know, who is taking the pill or has a child taking the pill, um, because it's really going to shed some light on, you know, how can we navigate this area of life in a much more natural, you know, safe way. So let's dive in. You guys ready to get started? Um, you know, the conventional route, let's dive into that. Any comments that you want to share before? No, we get I think like, I think that we often the pill. So if we just start there, just start with, okay, the conventional way to prevent pregnancy is to take to take the pill. It's, it's, it's what everyone calls it. Um, it's it, You're actually taking hormones. You're giving yourself a form of hormone replacement therapy is what you're really doing. But for the purposes of this show, we'll call it what it's traditionally called, which is the pill. The thing with it is that it's become so common of a thing to just take. Like, oh, my daughter got her period and she's having, it's irregular or, and and suddenly now it's just become this, like, everyone does it. So nobody is stopping to say, like, oh, this isn't just, like, a you know, a piece of sugar that we're putting in a child's mouth. Like, this is a hormone. This is a legitimate medication that's mimicking and tricking their body into thinking that they're pregnant. We need to make sure we're not just making this decision flippantly because it's become so common that we think that it doesn't have consequences to it. This is not like, and I, and I, not that, not to say that I would think that giving a child a Tylenol isn't also something that needs to really be considered, but this is not just giving a child a Tylenol. Like this is a big deal um, to decide to put a young girl on hormone replacement therapy or on hormone mimicking therapies. So I want to make sure that we 
at least at a minimum help people understand that this is a serious decision for you to make and it is your decision to make. It's not our decision to make for you. Um, but let's go through just some of the background of what the pill is. And this would be the part of the show that I would hope that if you know someone taking it that you would share with them. Um, the pill essentially, wait, before I even say that, I'll, I'll just go full disclosure here. I was on the pill. So you guys can share your story, your, if you were or you weren't, but this is, this is like, I had to learn this for myself too. Um, were, were you guys ever on the pill? I was as a teenager. Yes. Yes. Same here. I was as well. So full disclosure for all of us. Actually, and yeah. that's actually funny. Dr. Natalie, I knew you were we didn't <laughs> talk before this because I remember your husband telling me like, yeah, I remember when she used to be on it, her boobs were huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was the best part about it. Right. Outside of that, I mean, I was like most young girls that when I got I got my period young. And I remember, you know, middle school leading into high school, like as soon as I got a period, it was every 28 days. And my periods were so heavy and I had horrible cramps. And then I got horrible acne on my back. And, you know, that middle school to high school age girl, like that's not something you want. I was in sports. So that bothered me a lot. So I think, I think that's what happens to a lot of young girls. Like my mom was like, I was missing school because I would have cramps so bad. So it was again that, okay, let's go to the doctor, see what we can do. And it just so happened that if I got on the pill that my acne would clear up and um, you know, my periods weren't as horrible and, and hard. So same as many people, like that was the reason, you know, I think so many young girls get on the pill, not because they're trying to prevent themselves from getting pregnant. It's mm -hmm. often for reasons, you know, such as that, mm -hmm. that when you think about it now, looking back, it's like, wait, I was basically taking a medication to cover up those symptoms. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at it that way, but yes, it was something that was so easy. Like, well, you have this here, just get on the pill. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right. And and not stopping to ask the question, well, why is my body doing this? Well, maybe your body's doing this because your body's trying to figure out a whole brand new process of ovulation and your cycle and menstruation. And perhaps you have to go through some suffering in the process of your body learning how to have normal hormones. And that's where when we stop to think, okay, now what are going to be the repercussions down the road from preventing our body from going through a normal developmental process that it needed to? The other area where I think that we can have even more concerns because I don't think you were 13, like, you know, really recently, kids now are going on this thing even sooner because of all of the hormone mimicking toxins and foods that they're exposed to. They're getting their period so much sooner than we were um, and being put on this pill even years before we all probably were originally put on it. So this is a big deal. Um, so essentially, if you don't know, the pill basic at the most basic level, it tricks your body into thinking that you're pregnant. It gives you synthetic estrogen, synthetic progesterone that essentially tells your body don't ovulate. And the only reason your body would not ovulate if it's prepared, if you're at a physiological age where you should be ovulating, the only reason your body would not ovulate is if there were enough hormones around to tell your body, oh, there's already a baby there. So don't ovulate. So when you are taking the pill, like hear me, I, I think people miss this. You are not ovulating. 
you are not going through the normal physiological 28, for me, it's 35 day cycle of hormones, of the growth and you know, your uterus doing all the things that it does. You're not going through that. And when you put a young child on this, a young girl, I say child, because I really think when you're 13, you're, you're still a child. When you put a young person on this, a young girl on this, you're preventing them from ovulating. And that alone, to think that there will not be consequences of that down the road from tricking their body into thinking they're pregnant month after month after month, year after year after year, there are certainly consequences of this. I see clinically now so many women dealing with fertility issues, and I think there's a myriad of causes for it, but I think we can't escape this as being one of them. For me, the reason why I initially, when I learned about Okay, I was taking the pill. I started learning and thinking more holistically. I remember a college professor teaching on the Women's Health Initiative study, which the study ended in 2002. It was started in 1991. It was meant to be a 15-year study. They stopped it early because so many women were um, becoming sick from it. But in this study, what they did is they took 160,000 plus women between the, that were postmenopausal, so they're between the ages of 55 and 79. And they validated the study because they said postmenopausal women are at increased risk for cardiovascular disease, breast cancer, colorectal cancer, and osteoporosis. And so they thought, well, it's because their hormones are dipping. So if we give them artificial hormones, put them on hormone replacement therapy and study that, perhaps we could see a, re a reduction in cardiovascular disease and a reduction in breast cancer and all of these things. So they put this huge group of women on essentially the pill on hormone replacement therapy. And what they found out was that breast cancer and cardiovascular disease started skyrocketing in this group. So they stopped the study early and they said it was because of the hormones, because of the excess of hormones. And as a result of that study, they actually stopped majority of hormone replacement therapy that was um, existing prior in the early 2000s. They stopped that. And in 2003, there was a huge reduction in breast cancer incidence from the stopping and, or at least the reducing of hormone replacement therapy in postmenopausal women. What's interesting about that is the same thing that was in that hormone replacement therapy is what makes up the pill. So we are putting young girls or ourselves, you know, whatever age you are on hormone replacement therapy, increasing our risk of breast cancer, of cardiovascular disease for the sake of not allowing a normal physiological process to happen. When I heard that study and then recognized, wow, it's the same hormones. To me, that was a absolute, absolute, if I get pregnant, I get pregnant, but I certainly would not willingly do something that has been medically proven and researched and studied to show that I'm increasing my odds of developing a cancer that could kill me. Well, and Sarah, I, um, it's super alarming. And I have actually talked to a few women that have said that, um, their daughters were put on birth control without their consent. So like without the parents consent. And apparently this is a thing now, like I, I don't know all the laws. I, I guess it would vary from state to state. We border Washington state, which is a very liberal state. And I can definitely see how this um, could potentially be a legal thing. So like kids are, are making this decision without being fully informed of all the risks and how can they possibly grasp, you know, this is what could potentially happen to you years and years and years from now. Like you're not thinking about that as a teenager. So it's just really alarming. Yeah, absolutely. And when you like even putting myself in back in those shoes, like I wanted enough to 
not have bad periods and to not have acne on my back that that's all I was thinking about at that age. I was not thinking at all about any of the lasting effects, you know, like, like Sarah said earlier, like to think that we are stopping a normal physiological process with synthetic hormone. When you really stop and just think about that itself, it's, it's, it's crazy to even think about, you know, putting your daughter, you know, on something like that. And, you know, personally, just being in practice, you know, most breast cancers are estrogen positive, you know, which means we already have too much estrogen circulating through our bodies and the pill contributes to that. And I've had, I've had four different patients that had, you know, throughout the last 10 years that were middle-aged women um, that had gotten diagnosed with breast cancer and literally the first thing their doctor said was, are you on the pill? And if you are, you had better, you've got to stop right now. And that, you know, so alarming to me that I'm like, clearly even they understand, right? When you have, you know, especially, um, you know, hormonal cancers such as breast cancer, those cancers have receptor sites on them for estrogen. Like that's what fuels them. So to think like you're, you know, being on the pill is essentially adding fuel to that fire and, and allowing it to grow faster and whatnot. You look at, you know, there's specific studies that find this, like the new, the New England Journal of Medicine found that women who use hormonal birth control have a 20% increased risk of developing breast cancer. In addition, older women who use it, as well as women who use birth control for 10 years or more, actually have a 38% increased risk of breast cancer, you know, as well. I mean, all things that like we really do need to consider and think through. I think particularly in a day and age of Planned Parenthood and what you said, Erin, it, it, we do have access to these things and our children do have access to these things. You can, I, I haven't tried, but I'm pretty sure I could figure out a way to order birth control over the internet if I really wanted to. Um, so having these conversations with our children, if they're of that age and really just having them within our, our peer groups to bring awareness to the fact that, hey, what is this thing really? And do I, have I really truly weighed the pros and cons before I decide to do it. And you may weigh the pros and cons and decide to do it. And that's your decision. But our hope is that we can at least inform you that there's a list of cons to be considered and consequences as a result of it. And if we can just help you understand that, then we might be moving in the right direction. I think, you know, outside of pregnancy, there's lots of other reasons that people can end up on the pill. And I know, Erin, you wanted to go through a couple of those. Uh, yeah. And you know, obviously as, as teenagers, like Natalie, you talked about it, like the acne, like that's a big thing as your body's just adjusting to changing hormones. Like that's just totally like almost like a rite of passage for a lot of people. Um, I personally was put on it. I think I was maybe 14 or 15 because I had acne on my chest and I didn't even say anything to the OB, you know, you just go in for your checkup and they say, Oh, you know, I see that you've got some acne, um, we'll just put you right on the pill and that'll clear right up. And I'm like, okay, that sounds great. And, um, and then I started taking it and I noticed my boobs grew immediately. So of course that was a plus as a teenager. And it's like, <laughs> I don't have any more acne, like just bring it on. Anyway. If it's too good to be true, it probably is, right? Yes, exactly. But the, something that I wanted to touch on from what you were just saying is like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be us three chiropractors, you know, trying to, give people all of the facts. Like I wish that these people that are prescribing these medications would, would be clearly giving all the facts to their patients. Like that's just being a responsible human being and helping somebody make a good decision, you know, based on all the information that's available.
Yeah. And, and speaking to, you know, looking back at, at myself again, it's, I was covering up the symptom of actually a poor lifestyle. When I look back at it, like I, I was in good shape because I was at practice for three hours a day. But like, when I look back at my diet, like my body was so inflamed, you know, like I was eating sugar and so many carbs and processed foods. And, you know, I've helped so many young girls here in our clinic that are dealing with those same things. And their parents are like, I don't want to put her on the pill. She's begging me to, to get her on the pill. And we, we break down like, okay, let's, let's get to the cause of this acne. Let's try to rebalance the hormones as naturally as possible as this child is going through this process. And I know looking back at myself, like that would have been the answer, like dairy, you know, cutting out dairy, like gluten and all of the sugar and, and carbs and, and processed foods I was eating. I know that would have made such a huge difference for me because I see it with girls in our clinic all of the time in that we uh, work on, you know, sugar, if you consume sugar, and high amounts of it, which most Americans, especially adolescent kids do, um, anything that breaks down into glucose, when your insulin levels raise, so does estrogen. And so when you take this period of time where you're going through these hormonal changes, and your lifestyle is also elevating these hormones because of your diet, for example, or lack of exercise, for example, um, that can make those symptoms far worse, you know, so if we can teach a young girl how to um, manage her diet, how to fill her body with good solid nutrition, and have her have that experience of those symptoms getting better, like how empowering is that compared to here, just take this because it's the easy route. And we're not really thinking about the lasting effects that this could cause, you know, for you. Well, and that would be a lesson to take throughout your entire life in, in and out of health, you know, like, we don't need to just always be looking for path of re least resistance. We need to be looking for root cause. Shoot, one day when you have a marriage issue, the path of least resistance is, is hey, just go straight to a divorce. No, how about you work on why you have these underlying issues? And same thing, if we can teach them just these thought processes through health at this age. I do want to touch on, because they're, you know, when we talk about the pill, we think pregnancy prevention, but I see clinically a lot of people end up on it for symptoms of hormone diseases. So PCOS, they've got hormone hormone migraines, migraines that time out with when they have their um, uh, cycle, you know, excessive acne, um, really like abnormal cycles or really heavy cycles, sometimes even like um, fibroid issues, uterine fibroid issues. So there's lots of reasons that people end up on, on the pill or hormone replacement therapy. But I think with all of it, focusing on what Dr. Natalie said and saying, how do we address root cause issues to balance the hormones and not just synthetically override the hormones and expect there not to be a consequence down the road? So I know that that was probably a harsh harsh for some people that um, have not thought twice about, oh, it seems benign, I'll just take the pill. But I think it's a necessary conversation and a necessary thought for everyone to have. Um, let's go into natural family planning techniques, you think? Yeah, I love it. So um, funny story, like when I when we went to when we just got to chiropractic school, Peter and I were together. And um, actually, I was going to get on the pill, but I changed locations. So I had changed doctors. And this one doctor, um, this is kind of the story of how I ended up getting off of it. Um, you know, because of where I was at in my cycle, this new brand that she gave me, she was like, you know, take two pills for like, 
three days in a row to like catch yourself back up to where you're at in your cycle to, to get on this. And I mean, I took those and I missed the first two days of school. Like I was so sick. I was throwing up. Terrible. It was so terrible and just like nauseous to my stomach. And in that moment, there was something as I was puking that like hit me. I was going to chiropractic school. So we're starting to learn more about health. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like as I'm puking in the garbage can, I'm like, why, why did I just do this? Like this medic, this medication, this pill just made me react this way because I took too much of it. Like this, something about this didn't feel right. And that's when Peter ordered the natural family planning book that was about an inch and a half thick. And the funniest part about it is he read the entire thing first and he started to me, all right, you've got to start taking your temperature and you've got to start doing this. And he would have like the thermometer there every single morning. He just stepped right in and he wanted to be certain that this family is not starting until I say it is. Exactly. So um, natural family planning, there's a lot of great resources out there. And I think the more that you can learn, just like anything, the more you can really learn about it, the better off you're going to be, you know, so if this is something that's new to you, I recommend like reading some of the natural, you know, family planning books that are out there. But I think the bigger overall biggest overall thing is um, just being okay and, and turning this focus on like being in tune with your body. And when you like some of the things that we're going to cover when you start to actually pay attention you'll start to notice them. You know, when I first started, you know, tracking my cycle and starting to understand the different effects that the different stages of, of your cycle has on your body and specific changes that you'll notice throughout that time, all of a sudden it was like, I could predict, you know, the day that I'm like, I'm going to get my period any day or I'm ovulating right now. Um, you can start to predict those things. So curious about your guys's journey as you got into, you know, moving, moving from at one point being on the pill to, more natural family planning techniques, um, share kind of your guys' stories there. So we got pregnant with Elle. It was like um, really a surprise. Like we were planning on waiting like five more years into our marriage. And before surprise. that, yes, surprise. <laughs> I had had like super irregular periods after I came off the pill right when I started chiropractic school. And like, it was like my these red flags were going up like this does not feel congruent. So I'm just going to get off of this. And I think because I'd been on it for so many years, like my body was just not probably fertile at the time. So we didn't, we weren't trying to get pregnant. We were actually being careful not to. Um, but I went five years, you know, of pretty, being pretty careful. And then all of a sudden I was pregnant and I really attribute that to cleaning up my lifestyle, detoxing, um, having my spine corrected. And I just, I was fertile. And so all the things that we had done before, we thought we were being safe, but really I probably just wasn't fertile. Um, so we got pregnant and then had the baby. I was nursing and you guys can probably, you know, attest to this too, but like when you're nursing, um, you're not as fertile. A lot of women don't get their cycle until they stop nursing. And that was me. Except so if I got... your name is Natalie Gianforte. <laughs> yeah. then you do. I banked on that you and did. then I got pregnant <laughs> with a three okay. month old baby. I know like that just blows my mind. And so, well, I didn't get a period again, but I did get pregnant with Nevi, but Elle was 18 months old, not three months old. <laughs> so you're my hero, Natalie. So we got pregnant with Nevi. So I actually didn't have a period for like, I don't know, five years or something crazy like that. I had one cycle and then we got pregnant again. And it was just this like, it's like, you know, when you get into this place of like being in tune with your body, 
I could tell when, as I started to wean off of breastfeeding, I could actually sense in my body just because I'd become so in tune, you know, that things were shifting, things were changing. Um, and I think a lot of women that's been their experience as well is like, you can tell, you know, how your body's feeling throughout different points in your cycle. And I know you ladies are kind of there too. Yeah. So I think a simple thing for most people, if you're just starting this journey is there are tons of apps that will help you track your cycle and just simply starting to notate the day you start your cycle and the day you end your cycle and the day you start your next cycle, just that alone can begin to give you a template for the rhythm of your body. So that it's free. It's simple. I forget which one I have, but I use it like just to know like, oh, okay. And it will show me based on when I'm starting my cycle, when is my ovulation uh, period? When is that period of time during the month when I'm ovulating? And then now that I can see that, then I can start paying attention to my body. And there are, there's lots of techniques. There's a natural family, natural, I don't forget what you said that you did, Natalie. Um, But there's another one called, I think it's called the Billings method, where you are tracking your cervical mucus and tracking your discharge as a way of understanding where you're at in your cycle. And the whole point of it is just to understand when, start to develop an understanding of knowing when you're ovulating because that would be the time that you can get pregnant. I I remember being like shocked by this at one point, like, oh, you can't just get pregnant whenever? Like, no, women, you produce an egg and there's like a four day window, depending on how long the sperm lasts in you, the egg doesn't live all that long, the sperm can last a little bit longer. So there's like a, there's like a, a window that you can get pregnant. And outside of that window, you can't because there's no egg to fertilize. So go ahead and have all the sex you want, you can't get, you can't get pregnant. Um, but just understanding that, like, oh, okay, I, I understand that now. So now I can start paying attention to what my body does during that window. And that can give me clues about, hey, would this be a time that I might be ovulating, in which case I would either not have sex or choose an alternate method like a condom to to protect myself or to protect from the potential if I'm not desiring to be pregnant or flip it around, I do want to get pregnant. And I'm not getting pregnant and I'm starting to get really frustrated. Okay, start tracking your cycle so you can start to figure out when you're ovulating. And you know, that's when you got to be a little extra nice to your hubby if you want to get pregnant. (laughs) That's when you got to get busy four days in a row. (laughs) Get to work. Get to work. I I was the same way. Like the, as soon as I started tracking my period on my phone and it gives that window of, okay, here's the seven to eight ish days where you're like in that ovulation zone. Then it's like starting to pay attention to like the discharge, like the mucus, you'll notice changes, you know, with that, like during that time, it gets much more super slippery is one of the the most common things that you'll, you'll hear. Also, um, once I started tracking that, I recognized, and this is like, you know, nature at its best, but when I'm ovulating, like your sex drive is usually significantly different. It's, it's significantly higher for most women. So paying attention to that, that it's like, oh, okay, I'm actually feeling like this must be ovulating. Better check things like, do we want to be pregnant right now or not? So let's um, make the right choices based off that. Also your body temperature. I did this for a little bit. For me, I'm not the type A personality. So I would miss days and I was bad at like tracking it but it does work. So if you are that type A personality, you can really hone in on your cycle where essentially like your body temperature, it dips just a little bit before 
your ovary releases an egg. So, you know, your temperature slightly goes down, then you would know like, okay, you're going to be ovulating. And then 24 hours after the egg is released, your temperature actually rises and stays up for several days. So just to give you a quick gauge, um, like before you ovulate, your average temperature is like 97 to 97.5. After you ovulate, it rises to 97.6 to 98.6. So it's pretty slight, but there is a difference. So again, if you're that type A personality where you're like, I can track this, um, that's a really great way, especially if you have, uh, I think that method really helps for people that don't have like specifically regular periods, that's something that you could be measuring. Um, you know, for me, it's like a 28 day cycle. It's pretty well like down to the dot. So, um, you know, that temperature change, if you have a longer cycle that you're still trying to hone in on, when am I actually ovulating during that time? The temperature, you know, taking your temperature can definitely help with that too, as well as paying, you know, just paying attention, you know, to some of those other indications and in indicating factors too. And I, I'm that person that my cycle will range somewhere between, especially since having children, somewhere between 28 to 35 days. I was with both of you on a vacation and I wasn't due to get my cycle for a week later. And sure enough, like being around all of the hormones in that house full of eight girls brought on my period just a full week early. So my, my cycle can be a little more sensitive. So I'll use, I need to do more than just track an app on my phone and, and trust my ovulation window because it could be, it could be different than what I think or what an app would tell me. So using those other methods is really helpful. I also think like I, you, you can use condoms, you yeah. know, like when people are like, oh, I'm getting married, what should I do? I don't want to go on the pill. It's like, you should use a condom yes. Like until you figure this out. Like you should use a condom. Like, and, and there are, I, I get it. Like figure that out with your husband. I initially, when I started learning more about the holistic lifestyle was thinking, but what about the toxicity? And I don't know what it's made out of. And then you just search the internet for five minutes and you find there's tons of natural alternatives, tons of yep. things that's not, they're not filled with chemicals and it's a safe way. So my husband and I, that's our preferred thing to make sure if we are really trying to not get pregnant, we're going to make sure that we're extra safe and not just trust an app. And it's not rocket science how this thing happens. Yeah, we have four kids. We're like at our max. We've had two surprise babies. And so we're not messing around anymore. Like we'll, I will track, I'll do the natural plan, family planning, but then we always wear a condom. Like that's just where we're at. And yeah. our husband is so happy with this episode. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, and like, so, um, yeah, we're the same way. You know, I think, um, there is that wives tale of like, if you are nursing, then that's like birth control. And I, I amongst apparently my midwife said there's it's 3% of women that will ovulate before they get their first period, like post baby. So it's only 3%, what, like three to 7% of women oh will ovulate. And then, you know, so essentially like we hit that first ovulation, yep. Annie, like we had a three month old baby and I apparently ovulated about the same time that we um, had sex again. So anything, anyhow, um, that's how we ended up with um, 13 months apart between the first two. But um, 
anyhow, I hope this was super helpful for you guys. And, you know, like, like we said earlier, if you know anybody that is on the pill or has a child that is on the pill or young, young girl that's on the pill, you know, please share this with them. Um, as there's, you know, as you've heard, there's many other things that you can do safely to get pregnant, not get pregnant when you want to, um, just to keep yourself healthy and, and uh, really protect your future health as well. So make sure to share this, like it, share it. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Mom Docs podcast. If you enjoyed listening to the show, the greatest compliment you can give is to share this with others and leave us a review on iTunes. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll never miss an episode. We'll see you next time.